Thank y'all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Want to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors: Par Hopper Golf Apparel, Gridiron Coffee, our newest sponsor, Derm Dude. Go check them out for your beard, tattoo, and uh, body needs. I've using their stuff already, and I freaking love it. Uh, also, uh, Hickey, the new uh, deodorant company that just hooked me up with some shit. Thank you. Straight Hagger Thread Company. Uh, Williams Tire Nobles Networking. Our management company, Red Circle. Thank you, fellas, for putting some money in my pocket and all the corporate sponsors. Uh, one of the best things about having buddies in Nashville, you get to make new buddies in Nashville that are already their buddies. And uh, last time I was up in Nashville for like almost the whole damn month of October, uh, I got to meet the dude that I'm going to introduce y'all to. He's not only inspirational, uh, but he's DD'd me uh, at one point in time. And it was the coolest DD I've ever fucking had. We sang Dick Down in Dallas, up and down Broadway for a little bit, and then went and uh, ruined some women's lives at Losers. So I'd love to introduce y'all to uh, to Mr. Josh. How are you doing today, brother? What is up? I mean, that was one hell of an introduction, I got to say. I've only been up 30 minutes, and I can't believe it was that good. <clears throat> no. Flawless. I mean, you act like you've done this before. A couple times. There's a there's a reason why it's the top 200 show in the world right now. Well, uh, I mean, if you could, if you could pull it off in 30 minutes, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm impressed. I didn't even do drugs before this. That's what's impressive about it. Wow. <clears throat> I know, right? Uh, well, Josh, tell them your whole name, your Instagram handle, your TikTok, whatever, all your social media links, so they can go see what a badass you are. Hello, my name is Joshua Carney. I go by Son of the South. Um, for all the single ladies, I go by Mouth of the South. For some reason, they call me that. Um, not I've, sure why, but you I've, know, hey, I've seen you talk. I know why. Well, I mean, I mean, listen, you know, sometimes Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory charm somebody here and there, but you know, chocolate half off is what I tell them. That a boy. <laughs> no, so Son of the South is my Instagram handle, my Facebook handle, and. I'm on all the platforms, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, you also uh, t- tell them about, I guess, before we get into this, like some of the other things that you have going on on social media between like uh, Kate was telling me about the show and other stuff you've got. Oh, the show. Um, wait, which show? That's the good, That's the question because I don't want to dive into something. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about your hunting stuff, hunting stuff, hunting stuff. Oh, oh yeah, I better <laughs> I better clarify that. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I for, there's some stuff I forget about sometimes that I'm not supposed to say and shit. Oh no, I was about to dive into a deep rabbit hole on that one that I probably shouldn't have went on. Uh, no, so I uh, I've had a hunting show since 2014 ish, somewhere around here. Yeah, I travel and I get to hunt some of the baddest places, like badass places. Um, I've got to hunt some incredible animals. I mean, like I got a couple mounts on the wall while we're doing podcasts right now. So I mean. I, uh, I get to have a good life. I mean, I got known for being in the hunting industry, which uh, led me to move here to Nashville and, you know, be around all these country music singers. I mean, we all kind of relate in the same way. I mean, they like country music and killing stuff, and hell, I do too. So we just kind of fit. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, something's very unique about Josh. And uh, you might just be thinking, hey, who's this adorable Hershey chocolate that likes hunting? uh that josh terry's that, talking to right now but that tell is them- probably, that is that is probably the um i'm not sure if i if i can go with that i mean like that sounds like so hmm it's it's buttered up but then like it, it's it's almost butter up in like a, a 
G-rated way. That adorable piece of chocolate. Don't you, you know, like you, I lose all. You are adorable. You're sick. I, like, look, I thought you was just as cutest little thing I ever saw. Till I looked at your Instagram last night, and I saw those pictures of you in the uh, in the river, in the and lake, I was yeah. like, oh shit, I hear you. I yeah. hear you, my guy. That, yeah. Those those are all right. Y'all need to go check those out. Uh, but no. So, uh, funny story about that. So last night we went out. And um, I had a, I had a cowboy hat on last night, and uh, some girl she's like um, hosting like these things for bachelorette parties, but like with cowboys. Like, I don't like guess it's like Chippendale deal, and uh, we just kind of struck a conversation up. And she was like, uh, "Are like are you an actor? Like do you do any kind of acting, anything like that?" I'm like, "Yeah, I mean I dabble into it a little bit." So she started offering me a business proposal, and I was like, "Cool, yeah, I'm game for whatever." She wanted me to be a, um, a cowboy stripper for her bachelorette party deal coming up. Yeah, I got offered a yeah, I got offered a job to do that. I'm not really sure if I'm gonna take it or not though. Uh I don't even know what to say about that, Josh. Yeah, yeah me um, either. Mm-hmm. Uh what I was trying to get into a while ago <laughs> that's gonna make his story a whole lot more interesting with the bachelorette <laughs> thing real fast is uh if you've if y'all have listened to the show, you know I love people that overcome shit. People that have got dealt some shitty cards in life and said, fuck it, I'm gonna make the best out of it. They didn't just turn lemons into lemonade, they turn into a fucking empire. And that is what this guy has done. Uh I don't know the technical term. I know you're paralyzed. Um yeah. but I don't know anything else about that. But he's never let it stop him doing anything. So you can tell he's finna be a stripper now. Dude, have, have you ever seen a paraplegic cowboy stripper? I don't think they make those. I, I don't think they make them either. I mean, I'm like, I'm like genuine mixed with a little bit like country. Like, so like save a horse, ride a cowboy mixed with like my pony. Yeah, you are. No, no, I'm telling you that I saw, I've seen you now. I like, I've seen you in action. The The way that we met was because Lee Tucker introduced me to Kate and Josh uh, with Hastings and co. And then uh, Josh Carney came out, and we all ate one night at uh, whatever the fuck that place is, that big-ass food court. And uh, and then me and Josh, I was already drinking, and I didn't want to go to bed yet, and everybody else wanted to bitch out on me. And then Josh was like, fuck this shit, let's go out. And we went to Losers. And uh, first off, we got the best parking there was. Uh, I didn't yeah. have to walk fucking nowhere, so that was A1 day one right there with you. But it was just – I love your whole fucking attitude on anything. And when we went in losers that night, there wasn't a woman in there that was just not smitten by that big old beautiful smile on your face and just your attitude about everything, man. It was a situation of like I kind of had to use you as a diversion um, in that situation because there was like two girls that were like right there fighting for attention. I'm like, hey, Josh, can you like help a brother out? And you're like, oh, this is the coolest motherfucker that I know. And I'm like, Josh, you're not helping me out here. Like just help me out here <laughs> no you put you put yourself in that situation i was gonna watch you get out of it it was yeah i mean i did i pulled it off i mean it cost me double a tab as far as drink wise but i mean i pulled it off pretty well hey and now y'all know because uh we've got distillery companies coming on board and whiskey companies sponsoring the show and stuff too soon uh i can drink whiskey this fella right here the entire night the entire time we're drinking is ordering double uh, on ice, uh, what was it, crown apple? Yep. No mixer, no nothing. And I'm telling you, every time I went to go get a single 
Buffalo Trace and Sprite. I was having to get him a double or he was getting me my drink, whatever. We was on the same – we was going at the same speed. And this dude out drank the shit out of me. Yeah. Now, you you ended up drink, you ended up getting drunk and leaving me is what happened. Like, you okay. disappeared. There is – I'm telling you. Every, <laughs> every one of my friends know I'm 34 years old now. When I'm tired and I'm ready to go to bed, I'm not the one that explains to my friends anymore. I forgot to meet. I forgot me and you didn't know each other yet to know that I'm just going to dip the fuck out sometimes. But yeah. when, I, when I'm done, I'm done. And my friends are notorious. I uh, mean, hell, you know, Lee, he's notorious. We're like, no, no, come on, buddy. Just one more. Just one more. Just hang out a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And by the time that little bit longer lasts, I'm there three more hours when I already wanted to be in bed. And then I feel yeah. like shit the next day. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I looked around. I was like, where the hell did Josh go? And you just dipped. I had to. I went when I went up to the bar. When I went up to the bar the last time, and there was a girl there that I knew that I was hanging out with, and some of her friends, and they were like, "Hey, when we leave here, we're going to the strip club." I was like, "Oh God damn, they're gonna be it's, if I drink one or two more, I'm gonna end up at the strip club." And I did not want to go to the strip club, but they would have talked me into it. Not at the time, I wouldn't have gave a shit. The next day, I would have gave a shit. Well, I mean, who doesn't like whiskey and tits? I mean, you are correct, sir. I am a big fan yeah. of a big fan of both of those things. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, dude. I'm just, I'm telling you. I know I want to talk about like a bunch of shit, like how you got started doing the hunting show, and like your whole perspective and everything on life. But you are literally one of the coolest fucking cats I've ever been around. Man, I hear people tell me that all the time. I'm like, damn, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you're. <laughs> I just like there's a there's a guy who comes in the studio um, a good bit. He's like my little brother at this point. You'll have to look him up. He actually I told him about you, and he really really wants to meet you. His name's uh his name's Matthew Burton. He has cerebral palsy, and uh, his story is so like just inspiring. Like it's the best. He he is literally awesome. And I was telling him about you, and he started looking at your stuff and and all those kind of things and everything, and he just thinks like the world of you now and and i don't know there's just something you just give off such a good vibe if people could even see like you smiling right now like you're just you're making this easier for me this morning i thought i really thought when i got up this morning uh me and my daughter stayed up way too late last night watching uh have you seen king richard yet no i have not it's will smith's new movie it's about venus and serena williams okay it is so fucking good. Like it is, it's amazing. I already like Venus and Serena Williams anyway, but after watching the movie about their dad and them growing up, me and my daughter sat up to like almost two o'clock in the morning. And I knew I was going to struggle with this this morning, but you just literally are vibing so fucking good that you're making this easy on me. Look, I mean, I didn't pull into the house till like three o'clock this morning. Cause we all went to the Opry last night and then we ended up at, uh, scoreboards so lee, yeah, no, I, lee, uh, lee was sending me videos of priscilla last night and i couldn't have been happier yeah no she did an amazing job how did you end up getting hooked up with kate and all of them in the first place man that's a that's a story that just kind of took place in its own um so i was i lived um i lived moved here and then covid happened and I had um, way too much space in my apartment. So I was like, hey, listen, I'm going to rent out a room. 
Um, so I put like a, an ad on Facebook or whatever like that. And a guy that met me through the hunting industry or knew who I was, um, wanted to rent out the room or whatever like that. And they came down and they were fishing on Percy Priest and, and another guy, which I became you know good friends with. Um, and he knew Kate and Josh. So he introduced me to Kate and Josh at Starbucks like the next day. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, let's go hang out. And then like, we just connected. And then the next day we all went boating and, you know, we just been friends ever since. She's so, I, mean, I thought whenever we did the show with Kate and Josh in, uh, in Nashville, <clears throat> I thought Josh did not like me. Like I uh, really, I re and I told him like before the show was over, the couple of times I had ran into him in Nashville with people. I was just like, this guy fucking hates me. I don't even know what I did to him. Like, I've definitely like either dated or slept with one of his exes or something. And I don't know, I don't have an idea. And he's just like, no, I'm just kind of standoffish. No, like, I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I like you. And like, I've, I've liked them ever since. And Kate, that walking, talking trash can is one of my, I, did, I love her. She is the trashiest homeless looking bitch I've ever seen in my life. And I absolutely am like, their music isn't necessarily, the stuff I listen to all the time, but after seeing them now and the vibes that they put off when they play, it's so much fun. Like I would go to a Hastings and co concert. Like I, I probably travel a little bit just to go hang out and see them. And I hope everybody else gives them a chance. I judged the book by the cover, I guess is what I'm trying to say. When yeah. I, when I first heard some of their stuff that Lee had sent me and I didn't know like why Lee was like enamored with these two. And now after being around them a little bit, I'm like, it's fucking you can't help it yeah like you're gravitated towards them no you're absolutely gravitated towards them. i mean like it's like they have that well they bring something like they they combine in a very well placed situation like josh is like quiet standoff and then kate just come and just brings that big dick energy i mean like that's like boom like so when you get enough of kate you just like scoot your way over to josh and then like it like mellows you out for a little bit i'm pretty sure at the writers round uh the they did for freak show when they released dip or, or yeah. the local uh i think that's exactly what happened i think i stood around kate and talked to her for a few minutes and she had too much energy for me yeah and then i think i'm pretty sure i just went and stood next to josh and just yeah and talked about the paint on the walls is what it seemed like but it was a good conversation yeah. uh, Dude, I just uh, – I don't know. Um, if you had to pick a place where to start your story, you pick it because you're good at this. You, hell, you've done a TV show. You've done other stuff. Uh, it's not many people I get on here that actually know what the hell they're doing, and then I have to, like, guide them the whole way. Like, <laughs> you, you know what you're doing. Uh, this is your first radio. I've done it once or twice. I mean, yeah. speak. it was I got to figure out how I'm going to get myself out of this stripper situation. I don't think you should get out of it. Mm, I mean, I kind of have a reputation. I mean, it's not the greatest, but still, I have one. Everyone thinks I'm a whore, and I'm I'm still okay with it. Same, same. I don't yeah. see the problem. I don't see the problem in it. Yeah, no people are like, oh, you're such a player. I was like, look, just because like I sit eye level to a lot of big booty women. I mean, that's just not that's not my fault that I'm sitting in a chair. Look, I I hate that you're sitting in a chair permanently, but. It, it could be worse angles you could be at. That is true. That is very true. I I, li I like that you. I don't know how to put this. 
I like that you make the most out of the situation, I guess. Oh, you have to. You have to. I mean, like, what's what am I going to do? Sit at home and dwell on a situation? Oh, well, I can't walk. I mean, okay. My my buddy, Matthew, the one I was telling you about all ago that has cerebral palsy, yeah. he, he literally, he fucks with people about it. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he fucks with people about it. And you did it to me that night. Yeah. Like, the first night we met. And you was well. I can't remember what I got the video say because I still listen to it and laugh or whatever. Uh, Is this what uh, truck? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember what? You, what do you? Do you remember what you told me when we were walking down to the truck? Oh, it was something about uh, uh, it's a shame that the designated driver is a guy with no legs or something like that. No, you went way better. Oh yeah, no, it was yeah. I went deep with it, but yeah. I mean, I anyways. You literally said, as we're getting in your truck, you're like, hey, if we get pulled over, I'm going to run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I about shit myself laughing. Yeah. No. I, I, <laughs> I got pulled over one night leaving a bar, and uh, the cop, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I, I was fine. And the cop was like, uh, where are you coming from? I was like, I just left the bar, but this has been years ago. And um, I, I was trying to, uh, I was doing something. I was looking on uh, my map on my phone. And I almost missed my turn. I just like swerved into it. And uh, he pulled me over and uh, he seen the braces on my arm. He seen that was coming from a bar. And uh, he went back to his car and I looked at him. I was like, dude, there's a deal. If you're going to give me a sobriety check, like I am going to fail it. Like I can't walk a straight line. I can't hop on one foot. Like you might as well just arrest me now because I am not doing any day because I'm incapable of it. And he just looked at me. He seen the wheelchair on the back of the truck. He went back to his car and laughed for about five minutes. He's like, get your ass home. <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> oh um for those who don't know and i don't really know i don't know the beginning of your story um were you were you how did you end up being paralyzed let's start there yeah so like i did i thought you knew a little bit of, i thought you knew the story all right so i'm notorious for this dude okay. I, first time i met you you know how like some people will tell you stories about other people yeah, I knew when I met you at that food court and me and you kind of bullshitted at the table for a few minutes. I kind of was a I wanted I didn't want to hear anybody tell me stories about you. I always like to hear firsthand from the person. Yeah. So, so you you told me a little bit, but I was kind of fucked up when you told me some stuff. So I don't remember it 100 percent. But I want all these people to know, too. And uh, I just want to hear stuff firsthand because that's I mean, some shit gets twisted on the line. Uh, you know, to from somebody else's mouth to your ears. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd really, I, I don't know how to say this. I didn't like you or gravitate towards you because they told me, oh, he's got a big social media following or, you know, anything else. I liked you because just who the fuck you were. Like, I had a good time with you. So yeah. I tried not to dive into your stuff because I knew we would eventually do this. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to wait and let him tell me. Yeah, no. So uh, I grew up in Louisiana, born and raised South Louisiana. Um, and I just, you know, always had that outdoor lifestyle, you know, hunting and fishing. And that's what I grew up doing. And um, I think it's like three years old. I'm out, you know, chasing rabbits with my freaking family. And I was like a jump dog. Like I was a kid that, you know, they threw in a briar patch to go get dinner. <laughs> so, I mean, I always just grew up in the outdoors. Um, as I got older, I think like 11 years old, I went out and I killed my first deer, um, by myself. And, um, I just got to kind of hooked after that. And, uh, like I always wanted to be outside. I always wanted to be hunting or, 
fishing or doing something outdoors. Um, but I played sports also. So, um, I take care of, you know, what sports I had to take care of. And then, uh, my passion was being an outdoors and being hunting. So, uh, as I continued to grow up, I just wanted to figure out, you know, what other cool stuff could I go out and kill? And, you know, turkeys came up. And so I went and got some turkey calls and all this crazy stuff, trying to figure out how to learn how to turkey hunt and all this stuff. So me and my dad went turkey hunting for the first time uh, after church one Sunday. And we got, um, we set up, we were about 20 yards apart from each other. And um, I looked over to my left, my dad's picking up his gun and he pulls the trigger, the gun's empty. He racks one in his chamber and then he shoots and he shoots me and uh, he shoots me with 12 gauge double out buckshot. He, he, he just didn't see you over there. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Oh, God damn. Yeah. I'm guessing that's not a good relationship. Uh, no, no, no. We don't turkey hunt together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's too much. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just being honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, damn. What? Uh, so how old were you when that happened? I was 13. Like I had just hit that puberty stage. Like, I mean, I was doing, I was doing great in life at that point, or at least I thought I was. Um, I mean, point guard for basketball, pitcher for baseball. I mean, like I was like the, the golden child. Like I was going to be like someone someday. And then now I'm that I'm someone today. I think you're probably, I think you're probably someone more, not more important. I think you're, I don't know. I, I think that just everything that you do now, it's just I'll, you probably yeah. do more now for people than you would have done other ways. What I think I'm trying to say. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I, I don't regret the fact that you know it happened. Like I appreciate it very much. I mean, like it could have hurt a little less. But, I mean, getting shot is like not something that I recommend for anybody. It's like last night we were sitting there hanging out, and uh, um, one of the girls was like, "Oh yeah, like I'm best friends with such and such. Like I take a bullet for him." And I looked at it. I stopped. I was like, "You're stupid. Like bullets hurt." I would not say whatever they did to deserve that bullet. That's on them like that. I will be there for the recovery process of their funeral, but that bullet is for them. Uh, yeah, I don't, besides my daughter, I don't think I've got a good enough friend that I'll take one for. Mm -mm, no, mm -mm. no. Mm, I took one for my dad. And like, I, you know, he beat birthed me pretty much. And like, I do, I wouldn't even take another one from him or my mom. Yeah, no shit. Uh, damn. So I, I mean, it, I mean, of course, your life had to change drastically after that. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, as I went through life, it was like, all right, cool. Like, I went from being like the 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 like star athlete or whatever, like that, and you know, going from running around walking to like, boom, I'm in a wheelchair. Like, what the hell do I do now? You know, I had to, I had to like reteach myself how to live life. Um, so after I got shot, I spent three months in the hospital. Like I died on the table twice. And then I finally got me to like that place where I could recover and, you know, be stable. And they had to fly me out to New Orleans and, you know, start my recovering process. And, um, I had a breathing tube in my throat and the doctor's like, well, you know, you'd spin in your throat for so long. Like you'll never be able to talk and you need a trach. And, uh, when he told me that I pulled the tube out of my throat and I was like, no, you're wrong. And when I did that, it altered my vocal cords. So when it altered my vocal cords, I had to go through vocal cord therapy and, you know, like the whole process of um, 
recovering from this injury because I had a bullet. It actually hit my esophagus. So if you ever see me in person, like there's a big scar across my neck. So I, you know, had to get a bullet pulled out or whatever. So um, that was part of it. And then um, further on from that years later, well, let me backtrack. So after I got in the hospital, um, I got back in hunting. I mean, like two weeks after I got out of the hospital, I went right back hunting. Um, it's stupid. My mom wanted to kill me for the third time. Like I was there. <laughs> it was not the greatest timing. Um, so, I mean, I went right back hunting and I just kind of, um, cause I mean, I still fell in love with her. I mean, it's like, you know, it was, that was my thing. And, um, I kind of just got into a little bit more. I started hunting with, you know, organizations that, were fit for people with disabilities and things like that. But I always like, I always, no pun intended, but I always stood out for apparently like I, it wasn't, it wasn't like my, like I, I didn't fit in per se, yeah. you know, cause so bullheaded, so hardheaded. And like, I just want to do things on my own. And, you know, I think that's that, that attitude made me uh, into the person that I am today where I, where I have my quote unquote status, you know, um, so as I'm going throughout this, like transition of like being from walking to a chair, like learning how to get back into hunting, um, in a chair, I, um, it's a funny story. I don't, I don't even know if you know this. Um, do you know the reason why I, I got into the hunting industry or like why my following is where it's at? Or, like why I have like a success? I, I don't, I don't. Okay. So, um, Hmm. <laughs> fun fact and i hate telling people this when i don't know them um people ask me what i do for a living so i actually make animal sounds for a living like that is my my title for like employment like i mimic animal sounds that's oh, how shit. I, yeah that's how i got to where i am today mimicking animal sounds with my natural voice <laughs> mimic something for me if you if all you right. don't mind all right so i'll do a um i'll do a turkey That's fucking good. Oh, yeah. How did you get into mimicking animal, animal sounds from, uh, I guess, for employment? Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't have friends growing up, so I spent a lot of time in the zoo trying to figure out, you know, who's going to, you know, be you my have, butt. You have the capability of turning something really funny, really fucking dark real quick. Yeah. Right. You're real good at sounding like a turkey. Why? Because I ain't got no goddamn friends. Yeah. No. That, and that's my personality. Like, like I think people have to understand, like when it comes to me, you're gonna get a lot of dark humor, but you're still gonna laugh at it. Like I'm gonna say something that's like very messed up, but still funny at the same time. I think you have to. I think that's what makes you special. I think that's yeah. what makes my buddy Matthew special. It's you know, um, there, I talk about this dude way too much for me to fucking hate him. You know who Carlos Mencia is? I don't. All right, he's a comedian. That a couple years ago, like on Comedy Central, he had Mind Dementia. Anyway, he's a fucking asshole. He's like notorious for stealing jokes from people. Okay. Um, but he had this bit one time that was beautiful. I mean, it was funny too, but it was beautiful. And he got in trouble at one point in time because if someone had a mental handicap uh, or they were a little bit off mentally, he would say, dur -dur -dur, or some bullshit like this, right? 
And finally, at one show, he addressed it, and it was to where he wanted people that are different to feel the same way that regular people do. So he gave people that are different just as much shit as he would have gave the the next guy standing to him shit. Yeah. And, and in his mind and the way he explained it, which he does a whole lot better than I do, it's when you kind of joke about some of that stuff and you have dark humor, it takes away the power of the insult from it. Like, yeah. so, so you don't have to worry about like with me, I'm, I'm a bigger guy. Like I'm never going to be a skinny fuck. So I say all the time, it's like, Hey, that's my fat ass. Or let's yeah. go get some food. My nut, my fat ass wants some nuggets or something. Because I feel like if I say it, it takes away the sting if you were to say it. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, like, uh, like, and that, that's, like, you know, for me, like, over the years, like, I've built some, like, really terrible humor jokes. But, I mean, like, I can't, I, no one can ever tell me something more screwed up than I've ever told myself. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's a, it's, in a sense, it's like a, like a defense mechanism, like it's a guard, you know, there's, there's nothing someone can tell me to like get into my feelings, you know, because I've said some really screwed up stuff. I mean, like mentally, like I had to stand back like, damn, that was, <laughs> that was a little rough, Josh. <laughs> uh, I say the same thing. That's a little rough Josh to myself all the time. Yeah. Uh, I was at a wedding on Saturday. One of my buddies got married. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Chuck and Allison Winborn. I love you too. It was a great, beautiful ceremony. It's nice to go to a good wedding every now and then. Um, they, uh, that's a long story. But anyway, I was saying fucked up shit at the wedding, like playing around about some stuff with the groomsmen. And I didn't realize that where our groom's cabin was, that it was connected to the good folks there that were cooking food for us, for everybody. And I was saying some fucked up shit because I didn't got a buzz and we were talking about old yeah. stories and everything and just all kind of fucked up shit. And I took it too far. I took it way too far. And to the point to where one of the people had to come into the room and be like, I know y'all having a good time, but that preacher out there just went to the complete opposite side. Like he doesn't, he doesn't even know if he wants to be in the wedding anymore. Like y'all shouldn't say stuff like that. And uh, I was like, I'm sorry. I fucked up. Well, I'm very curious. What were you saying to make a preacher leave? Uh, okay. Fuck it. I don't care. It's my show. I can say what I want to. Um, we were talking about how big girls give the best head. When uh, I was saying, I was saying to them that there was someone there that could suck the chrome off a trailer hitch that she could suck a golf ball through a fucking water hose. And then she would let you finish wherever you wanted to. Like, so you could got give the bitch an angry pirate and shit, like some weird stuff. And that's when they came in there. It was like, look, can we please not talk about plus size girls sucking dick? Uh, I actually, I think she, I think the woman used the correct term, like the, like the technical term fellatio. I, she didn't say head. She didn't say sucking dick. She was pretty much like, can we please quit talking about plus size women giving fellatio? And I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was your wedding. Okay. So like, let me just pause this whole conversation for a second. Okay. <laughs> I've done many a podcast. Yeah. This is probably the realest one. I was not expecting this. Uh, yeah. So I'll tell you this. And I figured, I figured you being around me already. You kind of knew, uh, the, 
I got, I used to work in country radio. I got yeah. fired from country radio for talking about my religious and my political beliefs. Um, and I had the option of going to work at like, there were several radio stations that well, as soon as I got fired, they offered me jobs. But some people that I knew associated with iHeartRadio was like, look, you're good at what you do on radio, but you're better off air when you're unscripted and you're just being real. And it's just like yeah. you and a buddy talking. Start your own show. We'll help push it. We'll feature you and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, fuck it. Let's do that. So I found out very quickly by doing this that all people want to hear from folks like me and you is they, they don't care what we say. They just want us to be real. They want us to be authentic. Yeah, absolutely. So if I was telling a story about a big girl sucking my dick at a wedding, then I got to tell it on here. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so the girl that was there, did you do it? Or like, was it, or like, did you, did you know her? Oh, I knew her well. Oh, so she, I love her. I, I love her to death. Is what you're saying. Do what? He performed fellatio on you is what you're saying. The technical term for it. Yeah. Not at the wedding. But no, like she, she, a long time ago, like a year. No, it's like three or four years ago. I mean, it's been a long time, but I'm telling you. But what was funny is when we, but it was good enough to remember a year later. Oh, it's good enough. I promise you. Like it was one of them things that it was way, it, I'll remember that shit on my deathbed. I mean, like I'm just nope. asking a friend here. Um, like, I mean, would it be good enough to make a paraplegic walk? Cause I mean, I might be into that. She's liable to suck you right out your seat, son. Like she's liable to grab hold of that thing with that goddamn gobbler she's got, <laughs> and you'd be you'd be walking on water, two stepping in a minute. Oh, she's gonna turn me into Jesus. Good God, water to wine, <laughs> baby, water to wine. Uh, no, uh, she's a good time. <laughs> she's a good time. I and the thing is, this is what was funny, is when I admit when I said that this person had done this. All of a sudden, there was like three other guys in the room that was like, oh, my God, you know, too. Like, it was one of them things like everybody, nobody wanted to admit it because she's plus size girl. And I'm like, I love my big bitches. I will. I like some big ass. Like, and next thing you know, they're like, oh, shit, you know, our secret. Yeah, you can't fucking help but know it. Like, stand up. Just like high five that bitch. That's what I wanted to do as I was walking down the aisles is high five her. Like you remember those times I was real drunk and you made me real sober real quick. Jeez. I don't know if you signed up for this, Josh. My bad. I know. No, like definitely left field. Because like here's the deal. Like I've done, like I said, I've done many a podcast, and it's all about, you know, oh, you know, we want to hear about your life and like we want the like the humbling, excited experience. Like we want the PG version of stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Like. I'm stuck in reserve mode when it comes to doing podcasts and stuff like that. But like you, you bring a whole new level. Like this is like got up the bar for me. Yeah. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, that's literally what the fuck this is supposed to be. Nobody like, I know how inspirational and stuff your story is. I do. Yeah. But I, I've got a theory when it comes to all this or it comes to artists or like we have politicians that come in here that are running for big shit in Georgia. And the thing that I really, really believe is what was your favorite TV show? Like one of your favorite TV shows? Oh, hell, I don't know. Uh, 
I always use Sons of Anarchy. You ever watch Sons of Anarchy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So when Opie died, it crushed my fat ass because I was invested in that character. Like yeah. I, I was mad. I was sad. Like I, my fat ass is crying when Opie dies and all this kind of stuff. It's because I got so invested in him mm-hmm. as a, and it's not a real person. Like yeah. you shouldn't get upset about that, but you're invested. When it comes to like people like you, that even though you have all this great shit around you and you're just a good fucking person, I want to give people a reason to be invested in you to where even if you have like a fucking a bad day or a bad episode or you do something stupid, they're like, I don't care. I still love Josh. Yeah. And that's how you get them invested by being the real authentic version of you. Yeah. People, you either really like me or you really fucking don't. And I, I, and the way that I've dealt with shit the past couple of years, the older I get is I'm okay. If you, if you don't like me, I don't fucking need you around. No way. Just, yeah. it's best i ran you off when i did yeah no I mean, I'm, I'm the same way like i mean like I, i'm very social like, i can get her i get along with anybody but if someone doesn't like me that's their personal problem because i'm just not one of those people that piss people off i mean like i don't know I'm, how you could you're out no I, I i dig you that's what i'm saying like i just i did want to do some of the inspirational start you talk about some of your stuff to help other people but at the same time I just like fucking here bullshitting with you. And that's just good enough for me. I mean, it's, it'll work just as good for me. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, like, I, I think we should have done this at 8 p.m. with a couple glasses of whiskey and just dived into it. Uh, but yeah. 8 well, a.m. and getting the chrome sucked off a trailer hitch. Screw yeah. it. Whatever. Let's go for it. Well, I wanted to do it last night and do exactly what you're talking about. But there was a big problem. Yellowstone comes on at 8 o'clock. And, uh. I had to pick between recording the show with you and it coming out first thing this morning. And if I'd have done that, I couldn't have watched Yellowstone last night. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It can come out at lunchtime today. It's still a Monday morning show. Oh man. So I, I, I'm dabbling into the Yellowstone deal now. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is like, I, I went and bought a cowboy hat. So I dressed up for my birthday the other night and, uh, I I posted a picture and I was like, yeah, once you watch Yellowstone one time, you turn out looking like Rip because I I had like the cowboy hat on, like the suit. You, I just look like a whole cowboy pimp. And I was like, yep, I turned into Rip Jr. all of a sudden because I watched Yellowstone once. Hey, <laughs> I'm telling you, I I know I'm no cowboy. I've literally one of the best stories I've ever told is when I got fucked up in Nashville here recently and this guy started running his mouth to me. And I was like, look, motherfucker, I ain't no fake-ass cowboy. I'm a fake-ass cowboy. I don't know why I would have chose those words to say to this man that was messing with me. I guess I wanted to intimidate him. My drunk in state was like, I ain't, I ain't no fake-ass cowboy. I'm fake. Like, there's no cowboy to me. I'm a country boy. Like, I grew up on, close to a farm with my family owning a farm. But I ain't, I ain't no fucking cowboy. And uh, Yellowstone, it's just like when you watch it, though. Cause I already love Texas. I've only been to Texas once, but it's where I'm probably going to end up moving to eventually just because the people are great. Everything's wonderful out there. And I know that Yellowstone's set in Montana, but it's just that Texas culture. It's that cowboy culture. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. And all Yellowstone has done for me is just reinforce that. So now 
I mean, I already wore Wranglers everywhere. I already wore boots everywhere. But now, like, you know, I'll be wearing some pearl snaps a little bit more. I can't wear a cowboy hat because I look fucking stupid in a cowboy hat. I, I'm telling you, my head is so weirdly shaped. I can't wear anything besides like a backwards cap. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Uh, so I, I just started dabbling into like the whole cowboy hat deal. I mean, like I've had some growing up here and there, but like moving to Nashville, I'm like, well, I mean, you, you got to quote unquote be country if you live in Nashville. You got to rock the boost. But I mean, everywhere you go, like it's nothing to see 50 people with cowboy hats in one city in one place, you know? Josh, so. you are more country than 99% of Nashville. 99.5% of Nashville. There ain't yeah. fucking cowboys there. Yeah. Our cowgirls. I mean, there's there, there's something. There's a few. There's there's some. I mean, well, we, call, we, we call them buckle bunnies, you know, growing up. Is, well, in, in the industry, not a man, you know, it's buckle bunnies. Uh, um, just the kind of the people that just want to be around that whole – country rodeo theme and have no idea what they're doing with i mean it's kind of natural what naturally built um every time you see a a bride bridal party or whatever like that they all have cowgirl hats on and boots and the what they call them the woo girls yeah the woo girls yeah i thought the first time i came to nashville that that was nashville like i thought that broadway was nashville yeah um and luckily because of dustin heron especially lee tucker and uh, some more of our friends and everything up there, Justin Dukes and all them. Like, I know that that's not real Nashville. Yeah. I've, I have grown to hate these packs of whores that come up there with their short skirts and their cowboy hats on. And all they do is fuck up shit. Yeah. But so here's the deal. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand, like, what inside of a woman's body can allow her to do this. But, like – these girls would go out and drink all night. Like they'll start at like 10 o'clock in the morning, drink to like 3 a.m. and be up at seven o'clock in the morning to go do it all over again. It's their depression monster. I had, dude, if I start drinking at 10 o'clock and like I go to bed at three o'clock, still drinking. No, I'm not waking up the next day. I'm not moving for fucking a week. No. Uh. Oh. I tell you, I take a lot of Adderall and a lot of Adipex when I do those kind of things, but I will take breaks. I will like, if I start, like when we go to the beach or we go on a golf trip or something, I'll start drinking when I get up. But at some point in time, I'm stopping, I'm having lunch, I'm drinking a BioLite, I'm hydrating myself, taking some ibuprofen, then I'm off. I'll go back and do it again. But you're right. These girls in Nashville, they don't stop. No, them them bitches start with a mimosa and end with a plan B. I I really want to laugh at that, but the funny part is that's true. It is. I know. Yeah. um, Gosh. I mean, it's it's funny because you all, everybody, okay, I'm just going to tell all you guys that are listening. We know what women do when they go to Nashville on these bachelorette trips. They all have their idea of getting to bang a musician. Every single one of them. If you let your old lady go to Nashville on her bachelorette trip, she's sucking more than a six string. Like, it's going to happen. You should make her go to Disney World. Do not let her go to Nashville on her bachelorette trip because she's going to cheat on you. I've seen now, it. 
that was me. I'm, a, I'm I, I respect the ring. It's not, I'm not the guy that she's going to cheat on with. See, I'm the same one. I have, I have two rules when it comes to, to fucking with women. Well, I have several rules. I don't mess with no drunk girls. If you, if you are belligerent and drunk, I want no part of you. I don't want you to come around me. I that's too fucking weird for me Two, if you're married, it ain't my place. Like I, you can, if you want to be a slut and be married, that's fine. More power to you. I'm just not going to be a slut with you. Like I respect that because I've never been married, but when I get married, it's hopefully only one time. And I, I value that marriage. I value what wedding or what a uh, marriage actually means. Um, but outside of oh, the other the one, the last one is like, now you're considered one of my buddies. I really like you, but I have a rule when it comes to my friends. Yeah. If my friend has ever told a girl that she loves them or he loves her, she is off limits until the end of time. I will not go behind a buddy's back if he ever was in love with a girl. Cause I don't want any of my buddies to ever be like, Hey, you remember that girl you were madly in love with a couple years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking her now. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that in my friend group. That is a no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm not about that. Life. It makes things a little awkward, you know, it does. And I don't like the awkward. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like, what do they call it? Like, uh, kissing cousins or blood brothers or something like that. Yeah. It's uh Eskimo brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm you know. not trying to be any of my real, like, I know that there's going to be some ladies that come and go between me and my buddies. Well, not anymore now. Cause I'm literally the last single friend I have besides Lee Tucker. Uh, but Lee Tucker ain't fucking, he's screwed. <laughs> I love him to death. He's my big brother, but that he is so fucked. It's he's, he's so set in his way. Now he's buying, he just moved to Franklin. And he's buying a dog. Once he gets his dog, so oh, he, he's never leaving the house. Done. He's going he's gonna to teach that dog how to lick peanut butter off places he don't need to lick peanut butter off of. Mm, mm, mm. That that went down a rabbit hole real quick. Yeah, it usually does with me. Yeah, no, um, hopefully, for the dog's sake, Lee eats the peanut butter himself and don't give it to the dog. No, no, that dog's going to need therapy. Mm, there's, yeah. no, there's no way around that no i i, I really want to know who thought of that it's like you know what that's a good idea i'm gonna put peanut butter on my junk and let my dog lick it off a like, very lonely person what runs to your mind for that uh i can't answer that one for you because i don't know and like out of all things peanut butter like that wouldn't it i don't know i just that's not, that ain't my cup of tea uh, yeah, I've never, I've never been like, you know what? I'm so lonely and horny. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go stick my balls in a thing of GIF, and then I'm gonna let my basset hound go to town on me. Yeah, that's, that's just weird. There seems like there's so many things that you could have done before that. Yeah, just, yeah. I, but it looks like, like it's some people's first option, and that's weird. Man, I just people are weird nowadays. But I mean, it's. I think the, I think the more people get on medicine the weirder people get. Yeah, no shit. Well, you're like, I know I've talked a lot of shit like on here, but I read, yeah, I read a lot because like what you just said, it makes me realize that you are very intelligent. When you talk about people get weirder, the more medicine they take. Uh, Like our brain, when we're born, it's supposed to be a certain way. When you start putting yeah. chemicals in your body that, that rewire you, you're going to end up fucked up. Yeah. 
That's why you have more people fucked up in 2021 than you had in 1821. Yeah. It's just weird. It's just that you cannot mess with the chemical imbalance or the chemical balances in your brain. But I mean, like if something gets screwed up because of the medicine, they, they're just going to give you more medicine trying to fix that. I mean, you're, I think people are screwed nowadays just because of all the um, medicine that they feel like they need. Yeah. Yeah. I think depression is like increased so much over the last few years because everybody's like, oh, well, I need like an antidepressant. Like I had a bad day. Like I'm going to take some med for it. And then, like you get, you, you literally get into a state of depression that's worse than, you know, that first initial day of depression. Yeah. We do a lot of show stuff on this show for depression. Uh, I'm a suicide survivor, uh, like 2010. So I'm like 11 years after, but right after, like I got diagnosed with depression and, uh, apparently I'd had it for years. Cause like once the therapist I started seeing or the counselor, like I started explaining to them to like, the biggest thing was like when I was in high school, uh, I would walk into a room and I would automatically think everyone is talking negatively about me, yeah. like everyone. And the cold, hard truth is nobody gave a fuck about me. Like they didn't care enough to think negatively enough about me. And that's the way that it's supposed to be. Like, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to think like that. And, uh, my shit just got real bad. And then I had a super bad breakup that I thought I was going to die from. So I did some, I took a lot of pills and shit. Luckily I, I survived. It's the best and worst thing that ever happened to me. But, yeah. uh, but what, what you're talking about with the antidepressants is they put me on them right after. I hated who I was on yeah. those. I had to learn to not take anything like that. Like I had to learn what my triggers were. I had to learn what, how to, how to like overcome it, like internally without medication. Yeah. And cause you're right. Once you start going down that rabbit hole with medication, you're going to be on that shit for ever. Yeah. Cause it's your new norm. It's that's yeah. what made you be normal or made you feel normal. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. And you know, once you get on stuff like that, I mean, it's so hard to come off because like you feel like that that's your need. I mean, it's kind of it's it's almost like a like a, a, a drug addict, you know. They get that 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 fiend for a while, they feel good, you know, and you know, that's okay. Well, I want to feel good all the time. And you know, you're just not doing things that are great for your body because you know, you're still gonna be in that depressed state, but you're just covering up for a moment, you know? Yeah. It's just as stupid or as simple as it sounds. It's just endorphins releasing in your brain to give you a yeah. moment of comfort. Um, yeah. What's funny is, uh, do you know that cocaine and uh, sugar has the same effect on your brain as far as the endorphins releasing? Yeah. It's the same thing with when you start taking that medication. It releases something in you to where you feel okay, that you feel right in that moment. Yeah. And, and that's what the addictive side of it is. It's not necessarily the feeling of the drug. It's the endorphins releasing to where you're like, this is how I'm supposed to be because it's yeah. connected with a level of comfort. And it's, yeah. it's, it's very fucking weird. It's, it's weird. I, I do my best to stay away from everything besides Adderall and Adapix. And I, those are subscribed to me by a doctor because I have ADD. Yeah, no, I, uh, I don't take, I don't take anything like surprisingly enough. Like it's as screwed up as my life has been. I don't take any medication. Like my medication is whiskey and women. I, that's, that's my cure for everything. Uh, yeah. yeah. Not, I, I mean, there's no argument with me about that whatsoever. That's, 
I've been in some some funks to where those two things could have cured whatever. I could have had fucking polio. And yeah. I could, the right woman and the right whiskey, I'm good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's like that was that's been like the negatives for a long time. And it's uh, it's paid all pretty damn good. Man, this this did go different. This went way different than I thought it was going to. But I'm enjoying this conversation. I bet that everybody's gonna be listening to it does too. Uh What's some shit you got planned like coming up? I mean, because you just seem like you always have your hand in a bunch of different pots. I, uh, I'm one of the guys. I don't know what I'm going to do the next day. That's that's the best thing ever. It's the best worst thing ever. Uh, I know that I have a. Uh, I'm, I'm here in Nashville for Thanksgiving. Um, I'm normally I'm always in Deer Camp for Thanksgiving. Um, but this year I'm going to be here in Nashville. Um. And then after that, I get back on the road. I start. Um, I think I'm going to go to Ohio, hunting in Ohio for a while. And then I'm taking a girl. Um, she has uh, AMS. It's a very rare disease. She wasn't supposed to live past like two years old. And uh, she's 19 now. And we're going to take her on a deer hunt, a hunt of a lifetime. So, That's cool. yeah, I, I just recently took over an organization to where we take people with disabilities on hunting trips and fishing trips and just like trips of a lifetime so what's um, the name of it it's called uh trinity outdoors disabled adventures so like i said take people out and you know let them have a an extraordinary life i mean like i said i've i've been so blessed to have the life that i have you know and i'm i'm, I'm so thankful that i can give back and let people experience that too you know that is fucking cool yeah. uh i did not know that you did that mm-hmm that right that's like, like i said i know you're a good fucking guy that that's why i wanted you uh, that's why i wanted from the moment i met you and we got the bullshit and everything even i gave you a little bit of hell to uber driving and all that kind of stuff but uh, we had a great time uber driving i think that was like i think that was a highlight of life you know except for you know when you did that on me and left me with those two girls i had to defend for myself yeah you sound, I, like, you sound like you was miserable how, how dare i yeah how dare you and by the way these two women were fucking hot i remember yeah. yeah, and he—I'm—he's I'm, he's eye level with their butthole, and they did not have much on from what I remember. It wasn't a bad seat. Yeah, no. Uh, I was getting do what? It was a good night. That's for sure. Hell yeah, it was. But, but that's, uh, I mean, like that's why I go to losers. I mean, there's always beautiful women there, and like it's always a good time. The band throws on a good place, and you know, get get music, and it's always a good time. I like it a lot. Uh, it was my favorite, but now it seems like every time I go, it's just way too crowded. I feel like everybody has migrated from Broadway from yeah. to there. The place I really like going now is uh, it's Music City, Music City Palace. Is that what it is? Uh, our scoreboards. It's, where you had last night. The what? That's what we were last night. Scoreboards is fucking cool, and then the place right there behind it, Music City, whatever. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that place is my fave because they play like honky tonking shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I mean, like for me, like I mean, I, it's like that's like an older country style. Like yeah. it's like you're gonna get your mom and pops in there, like your you know your older crowd in there. Well, that's that's what I like because I have two reasons. Uh, one, younger women don't like me. I already look like their fucking grandpa, and then when they start talking. I'm just so blunt at this part of my life to where I can, I don't care how good looking you are. 
I, if I cannot have a conversation with you and we could talk about like shit that I'm interested in, shit you're interested in, and all you want to do is go take Jaeger bombs still and go, woo. Like I'm past that point in my life. Like I need a fucking convo. Like we need to have a conversation. Uh, you can't get that at losers. Really? You can't, you can get some good looking women at losers, but you can't. Yeah. And then, uh, I like, I just, I just like to be able to, to listen to that old shit because to me, it's got feeling. Uh, oh yeah. It's, it's just got more feeling. I, I've had to learn to start to like Hasten and Co. We kind of started the show today with them. I had to learn to listen to them, like, yeah, fit for me to like that. Like, I have to. Um, and their stuff is just as good, but I like the old shit because it's just, it's kind of sad. I like the old sad shit. Like, that's yeah. my shit. I, I like sad fucking shit. That's what I drink to. Man, um, I, I had a conversation with a girl last night. Like, it's like, I, I asked her, like, you know, like, what's your go to songs? Like, like when you're in a good mood like what do you want and like she's like i like playing sad depressing music i don't i don't understand why like if you're in a good mood why do you want to listen to something sad i i promise you same fucking way it's it's there's something i don't call it sad music i just call it drinking music like that that's my go-to i want to hear the passion and the pain and the storytelling like you don't really get that with a lot of happy songs. I'm about the only person I know that can do a happy song like that is Morgan Wallen. Yeah. He's he's about the only person that's super happy but real meaningful. Yeah. But uh yeah. Well, dude, uh if you ever, ever with the trips for kids, our ch- kid our trips for people that you take places, or whatever, we've got a lot of hunting land down here. We uh one of my real, real good friends has a whole farm with very fucking nice hog hunting on it very right. nice thermals all that kind of shit. like it's fucking it's nice uh he'd love to meet you um anytime y'all need anything like that i just appreciate you doing shit like that. that's cool that's that's giving back man we uh i was gonna invite you to something but it sounds like you might be gone at the time uh this is our sixth year of doing a toy drive for families that are just you know little they're struggling yeah. at christmas time um yeah. we we always do an event and everything that's like around the end date of it so this will be the second year i've had my studio last year we rented out a bar for like the fifth year in a row this year we're doing the event at my studio um and we're gonna have like some people come down from nashville play i'm gonna feed a bunch of people invite some of these struggling families here to give them some stuff that we've raised for them and everything and, uh, hey, if you don't have anything going on that weekend, you want to come down here, we got some extra room. You can crash and hang out with us and have a good night. When is it? Uh, it's either going to be December the 11th or the following Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah. I'll either be in Texas or Arkansas. I'm killing something. Something's going to die. It's just, no, that, that's fine. That time yeah. I hope my morals will do that night. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, Josh, uh, dude, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Drop your social media stuff one more time. Uh, I know this, you know, this day show went a little sideways for all you listeners out there, but uh, fuck it. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. If you want to know the rest about this man, I'm giving you a reason now to go look at his social media. I just gave you a little, little insight to him. There's a whole lot more that y'all guys need to go discover. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's son of the South TV on Instagram, uh, son of the South on Facebook, but just pretty much anything uh you type in josh carney son of the south or the guy that makes animal sounds 
there's a lot of stuff that I pop up for. So, yeah, have fun. I like the animal side sounds, dude. Uh, well, dude, it's a pleasure, and uh, I'll see you again in Nashville, and we'll get fucked up again soon. Let's do that. I'll be your Uber driver. Hell yeah. All right, folks. Well, thank y'all for listening to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry podcast. I will catch y'all next time.